Now we're rolling. Damage Plan MMA Podcast. We are back. We just had a sweet fighter spotlight with Mark Panda Gonzalez. The Kung Fu Panda. The Kung Fu Panda. I'm I'm stoked for Mark's fight. Man. I mean, been, uh, okay, he's not here, so been, I won't, uh, he's not here, so I can like I can give you the lowdown for real now with Mark. You ready? You've told me before, but you can tell he's everybody gonna, else because, dude, I know. I'm telling you, he's terrifying. He's What's so up, nice James? and he's humble and he's kind whatever, dude. He's he has dude. So he okay. So here's the thing, and 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 I, I don't think he'd mind me sharing this. He did something in his very first fight. He got a very first fight. It was a super heavyweight fight, and it was for a title because there aren't a lot of super heavyweights. And I think Steel Fist, you know, Mark's a good dude, and, and the guy that he fought, whatever. And so for whatever reason, Steel Fist decided to make a title fight. Whatever. No big deal. It, it, it was fun. It was for the fans. It benefits the fighters. Like, all good. Props to Steel Fist for, for putting a belt on that for that. It's cool. Cool fight. Yeah. Fun fight. Mark had this habit where he still he didn't really like getting hit in the face. And I mean, I don't know I too remember. many crazy people that don't like getting hit in the face. Like, yeah. I mean, you get to a point where you don't mind, but nobody likes to get cracked in the face, right? No. Um, but like, I've got to the point where like, I have no problem getting hit in the face. Like, I don't want to get cracked in the face, right? There's a difference. Yeah. Mark had, and so he he would turn his back. And so I I, I was in his corner and I was screaming. At him, I remember screaming at him. Like, I don't care if you get knocked out, quit turning your back. Yeah, because like, to me, for the fighter, that's not intelligently defending yourself. A ref could stop. I think a ref could stop the fight if somebody's turning their back. That's not yeah. intelligently defending yourself. So, I told Mark, and I was very blunt, and I was very honest with him, and I said, I don't think you should take another fight again. Tell you're a heavyweight until you can stop turning your back. Yeah. Well, he he did take one more fight at super heavyweight against Trent, but he doesn't turn his back anymore. He got his. He, he, he trains like a maniac now, like before he was training and like, he wasn't doing it wrong or wasn't train. It wasn't that he wasn't training hard enough. He did all that. He, he was training. He, he's a part of the fight team. Like everybody respected yeah. the work he was putting in, but dude, getting ready for that Trent Lee fight. He took his, he took his dedication to a whole new level to the point where he was losing so much weight. We were worried he wouldn't. I remember super heavyweight. He was losing it so fast. He was so all in on his nutrition. He was just, he was working so hard at the gym, sometimes two a days. Like you, you could just see that this incredible transformation. And now he's got this confidence about him. And now it was like a, like Mark used to be a guy in the training room that you knew like, okay, like I'm just faster than him. So like, you couldn't it wasn't like an easy round because if he did land something it hurt because he was so big he is yeah. so big and strong but like you you knew that you know you could I, I was i knew i was faster than him so i could like i could get in and out and not really get yeah. hit and and whatever that is not the case anymore you have to be like on your game with mark or else he will he will land something and it will hurt and it and he, he, he turned into one of those guys that it was like, eh, yeah, like he trains, he's with the team to like, no, like he's one of the guys that like, he, he, he's doing the extra stuff right too now. And I'm just super proud of him and super impressed. And he's come so far and I, I'm dude, I, anybody wants to take bets and want to bet, bet on the Wyoming boy. No, and no offense. I know, I know he's a tough guy, like good guy. It's nothing personal against him. 
I just don't believe he's on Mark's level. I like it. It's going to be good. He's my teammate. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe not. But I've seen the work that Mark puts in, and I fully believe in him. It's going to be a great night. You know what else is going to be a great night? While we're watching Steel Fist, there's going to be UFC 271, Adesanya versus Whitaker, the rematch, baby. We'll have to catch that Sunday morning. Are we just going to pretend that Izzy's Izzy's nipple is normal still? You know whose nipple is not... You know whose nipple is not normal is William Knight. Oh, he's another uh, one. Are we just going to pretend that guy's not on all the juice? He's on all the gas. Yeah. I saw that when he took off his shirts pounds? the way in. I'm like, mm, yeah, you Come better on, start. God. You need to get some He didn't some even ass. look that depleted. No. He didn't want to be there to me. He just was like, whatever. And we'll, we'll talk he's about gonna... it. But yeah. you're from that world. I'm not trying to speculate or anything, but like Izzy, like that – that little droopy nipple, that, like, what is that? It's usually it's usually it's a sign of estrogen, but is he doesn't why, look like? Why would you? Why, why would that be an issue, Jason? Educate because people. he's because he's taking Cycling? things to make his estrogen levels are higher, and he's not taking the stuff to combat that. Um, he's not taking an estrogen blocker. Yes, which is which is really weird because he's around a lot of educated people. Like I follow like a lot of the nutritionists. I follow the um their their mind coach that they have down there. Um yeah, it just I I mean maybe maybe he's just born like that. I don't know, but it just doesn't look he's like he's not though, because we've seen we've we've seen him fight without it. That's a new thing. I mean, part of me feels. I have a question. Maybe I should. Yeah. So a, a, a big one, and I'm not trying to accuse him or anything, but you know, a big one is uh, HGH helps with recovery a lot, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a huge recovery one. Does that boost your estrogen? Uh, I'm not too familiar with the HGH stuff. I, I, I was going to say think... I could see a fighter like while he's out yeah. of fight camp and stuff taking HGH to recover from an injury or something. That's like so like remember when Andy Pettit got popped for steroids? Yeah, for the Yankees, he popped because he got stunned by a V. He popped. Yeah. He got he he. What he popped for was HGH, and he. If you remember, you know what the funniest thing was? All the people that deny it and then get caught, they're vilified forever. Nobody cares about Andy Pettit though because he just owned it. He goes. Yep, I had an injury. I took HGH to recover faster because I wanted to get back to helping my team. And nobody cared that he took steroids. So, the, yeah, the thing is, usually the guys that are taking that are taking testosterone with the HGH because it even further enhances that. Oh, gosh. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I and I probably shouldn't even say this. It's just my opinion. I, I think it's more prevalent in the UFC than we're led on to believe. Like, I, I think a lot of the guys are. You saw it as not as unbeatable as they say it is? Yeah. I, I'm. That's what you think? I, yeah, that's what I think. Your expert I, I think, opinion in that world? I, I just feel at that level in any pro sports, I, I'm i sorry, but I, I just. Those guys, those guys are, are elite athletes. So I have a question. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, man, this is, this is where you, I wasn't even going off, off on a tangent. Going yeah. off on a tangent. So I, I, I know somebody who had a son that was a very, very talented high school football player. Mm-hmm. And he was getting recruited by 
everybody is a junior in high school, right? Utah, Oregon, Utah State, BYU. I mean, everybody locally and then like USC, Oregon, Boise State, a lot of the big programs from around here getting recruited by Oklahoma, got letters from all of them. He's a stud and he was built like a, he's a farm boy, just built like a workhorse. Yeah. And his dad played college ball at the University of Wyoming. And his dad came to him after his junior year and said, okay, we're going to have to have a serious conversation. How serious are you about football? Yeah. And he goes, serious. He's like, you want to go play division one college football? Yes. You want to go to the NFL? Yes. And he goes, how, how are you going to stay on that level? You know, I'm going to outwork him. And he's like, don't be naive. And he goes, yeah, you, he, he, he told him, because if you, if you really want to be on that elite elite level to compete it's, with those guys, you gotta, you, you gotta take something. And, and, and these guys, and he, and he decided that he said, no, I'm good enough. I don't need to take something. Now, unfortunately he blew out his ACL and he lost all of it. His senior year, lost all of his offers. And then he became a beach bum in Florida and good for him. Like, yeah. And summer sales and chilling at the beach in Florida doesn't sound like a bad alternative to college football, but, but you know, like you have to have that conversation and it's like, can you get to that level being clean? I think there's people that can, but do they? Um, I'll give you an example. I, I haven't, I have a story similar to that, but this is a guy that I know that played major league baseball and it was in the clubhouse. The the team yeah. doctors were were giving it to these guys. Oh he's yeah. Like, he's like half the time he didn't even know. He didn't know the dosage. He's like I don't know this. Know what it was. He's like I, I had no clue. You're a 20, 21 year old kid. You don't know what's going on. And I can tell you for a fact in the bodybuilding world because it's it, it's it's there. And I can tell wow. you right now, if you're trying to be a pro in the bodybuilding world. You are not getting to that. You are not competing at a national level. You can compete locally to go to that national level. You ain't, you're not doing it without, without taking stuff. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Like so, and, and it's, I'm not saying I recommend it. In fact, I, I tell people don't take it, but. There is like a very said, notable all time great MMA fighter. Yeah. Not John Jones. I'm not talking about John Jones. Everybody knows whatever. Yeah, there's a notable all time great people. Try not to give it away, but he's very, very notable all time great MMA fighter, UFC Hall of Fame champion. He's not in the Hall of Fame, he will be, but you know, he's great. And um, I, I know someone that spent time around him. And in his home, opened his fridge once and just it, it, it was full of everything. And he was like, and it was like a little bit like of a bummer for him, you know? And then they told him, they told him, they said, if you want to get on that level, this is what it takes. And I'm just like, I'm not saying somebody couldn't get there, but to compete at that level and to stay there, let's face it. It helps. <laughs> like it does. It gets, it, it makes a, it makes a difference at, at that level. That's, that's, that could be the difference of, of getting that contract and not getting that contract, honestly. You and know, not, yeah, but like, I look at like, who do I look at in the UFC that I would just be like, but, 
But but as far as like recovery stuff, I mean, hey man, if it's gonna get me back quicker from recovery, I'm all about that life. Like if it's gonna help my my knee repair faster, whatever. Well, it's like it's like why not? so so this is what I'm curious about. So yeah. Uriah Faber and Cody Garbrandt have constantly been calling out TJ Dillashaw and said, Oh yeah, he's been on stuff the whole time. And they yeah. knew it, right? Yeah. Now TJ's like the the villain, right? And everybody loves Uriah Faber. And then most yep. people liked Cody then, probably maybe not as much now. I don't know. But but they were like the good guys in it, right? Team Alpha yep. was still the good guys. TJ was the villain. How good of a guy are you if your teammate's taking it and you just keeping your mouth shut and turning another blind eye? Or were you doing it too? And TJ just has the – I mean, if – TJ if just someone, has the the class or honor, if you will, to be like, man, I don't know what they're talking about. Like they were taking it too, but if they want to call me out for it, like go for it. I mean, how else do you know I mean, if you're like, yeah, you know what I if, mean? If if somebody at your gym was doing something, chances are you're gonna know. Like if you're in the room, football. if you're for five, six days a week with with guys three hours a day, you're gonna know. Something you're gonna I mean, know. High school high school football, high school football, like. Yeah. I knew on my high school football team who was on stuff and who wasn't. Yeah. Which is I wasn't. Insane. I couldn't wait. At that age, is it's <laughs> insane. You know, it's... But and like you said, we saw a certain we saw a certain fighter hmm. at the fierce fights and at weigh-ins, and you could just look at him and you're like, Oh, 100 percent I I could spot it clear as day. Like, come on, like, I, yeah. I'm not gonna I've been in the gym, I've been around the sport enough, not like you, but I've been around the yeah. sports enough to know to be like, that's a natural body. Like you look yeah. at Cole Faust, that's a natural body. That's hard work. That's dedication. That's yeah. right. That's an all natural body. I have no problem yep. coming on here and saying without a doubt in my mind, you know, natural. Yep. And then I've seen other people at the gym and I just look at them. I'm like, come on, dog. Like you see like their high school pictures and you see what they look like as an adult now. And you're, you're just like, like ah, that doesn't pass the the sniff test. Yeah. But Izzy, I look at Izzy's body. Sorry. I have a the embedded on the TV right here next to me. And I look at Izzy and I don't see like a body that it's like, he's on like muscle building stuff. Cause his game is being so long and fast and everything, but I could yeah. see like something like HGH to help with recovery for him. HGH with maybe a little bit of test, maybe his testosterone levels are already high and he's injecting more and it's making his estrogen levels out of whack. It, it could be a million, million different things, or it just could be who knows unfortunate genes i don't think so i don't think so either um, yeah. <laughs> go bobby knuckles i just yeah i just think it's it's more prevalent than we're led to believe in any sport honestly well pro sport can you sada really like i don't know i just feel like you saw this limited right like like i've all i've always said it like crime is always one step ahead of the law yeah Right. There's ways around it. There's there's yeah, ways around that, it. But that, that's what I'm saying. There's, like, if they're yeah. like, hey, you can have, you know, hey, we have this testing here, here, here. Right as that testing's rolled out. She hasn't seen him yet, huh? I guess not. Just All right, babe, I'll picture. show you Izzy's nipples. Show you so you can see what we're talking about. I'll lift up my shirt right now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, no, but you know what I mean? Like, when you saw the rolls out and say, hey, we have this new test. Right, mm -hmm. <laughs> these these athletes are already paying 
their chemists or whatever, whoever, and be like, okay, this is the test that needs to be beat now. And they're already putting tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands in saying, okay, because once they can go and be like, hey, by the way, you know, you saw this new test. We've been able yeah. to beat it for three months. Cool. <laughs> Hand, you know, how, yeah, how, how much money do you need? Yeah. Crazy. Should we break down this card? I guess. Stop talking about nipples. Nipples. Let's Dude, talk about. Okay. Uh... Real funny story real quick. Okay. Quinn used to be obsessed with his nipples. My, <laughs> my six-year-old when he was little. And we used to ask him how many nipples he'd have. And he'd say yeah. three. And he'd point to his belly button for his third nipple. And he would go nipple, nipple, nipple. <laughs> all right i'm done with nipples all right. all right no more nipples all right so this was going to be at the light heavyweight division but it has since moved up to the heavyweight division since william knight weighed in at 218 pounds for light heavyweight we got william knight fighting maxim maxim grishin uh, william knight is 11 and 2 stands 5 foot 10 with a 63 inch reach grishin 31 9 and 2 he stands 6 foot 3 with a 76 inch reach dude Maxim you Grishin, miss all day. Max, how do you miss weight by 12 pounds? Do you even he care? Didn't try. He, he didn't, didn't even try. try. We were talking about this morning at fight camp and, and Hector asked Joel, would you take the fight if somebody missed that weight? And he's like, hell yeah, I would. I'd take their 40%. He's like, because they didn't try. I know they didn't have the camp to, to beat me. He's like, I, I, I wouldn't be worried at all. So we have a certain fighter who is, ah, maybe I shouldn't say this. Yeah, I'll leave that. I'll leave that alone. But I okay. will say, but I'll say this. It's a, it, it, there's a mental thing knowing like if somebody suffered like you did. But again, like, so there's a mental edge, right? Yeah. I was talking about this with one of my teammates. The, his opponent had made a weight class. For example, I'm not, I'm just going to throw it out there. His opponent has made 145 in the past. This isn't the case. I'm just trying to mix it up. Yeah, yeah. I got you. And if he comes and he's a 145er and he goes, you know, I walk around 160. Can we just do 155 so we don't have to cut weight as much? The yeah. person that was willing to cut to 145 already won. He's already had he already has a mental edge. Yep. Right? Yep. So when you talk about cutting weight and missing weight, that's that's step one. I had another conversation with another fighter this morning, and they asked me what the definition of a, a, a of a professional or the definition of a professional fighter was like what one thing. I've always said, if you're a professional, you should always be able to make weight at your weight class within one to two weeks. Yeah. The next step of being a professional is knowing when, if you're taking a short notice fight, which William Knight is, this is the Maxim Christian was originally supposed to fight Ed Herman at 205. Yep, correct. Yep. The when other part of being a professional is going, you know what? I'm sorry. I can't, I, I, there's no way I'm going to make, make 205 in that amount of time. I can make, can this be a heavyweight bout, but we can agree to not weigh over 220? Yeah. I, I, I promise I can be under 220 by then. You know what I mean? Like that to me, that's part of being a professional. Just signing to be like, yeah, I'll sign. And then the weight not coming off and just showing up 12 yeah. pounds over. That's unacceptable. And he should be. I'm surprised they didn't ding him more than 40%. 40%. Yeah. He's getting dinged. All right. So we're both on Grishin. Uh, next up in the welterweight division, we got Jeremiah Wells versus Blood Diamond. Oh, that is that not the coolest freaking name in the UFC? Your name is Blood Diamond. Is his training partner? I want. I'm going to change my name to Blood Diamond. No, you're not. 
No, one I'm your not, wife. Pretty, so no, you're not. That that wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, go back to Flint, Michigan, and tell everybody your name. Introduce my name is Blood Diamond. What happens? They think I'm some kind. I feel like I have a feeling your blood would just be everywhere. They would think I'm. <laughs> Jeremiah Wells is nine two and one stands five foot nine with a seventy five inch reach. Blood Diamond is three and zero. Oh, he stands five foot eleven seventy four and a half inch reach. I- I'm all over uh, Wells on this one, dude. I wanted to take Blood Diamond. I really did because like Izzy speaks very highly of him. But who's not going to speak highly of their opponent? Doesn't this feel like Rob- when Robert Whitaker's training partner that was three and zero oh got got yep. a UFC contract? Which he's, got- he's on the card. Yeah, he's on the card. Is he really? Yeah, Jacob Malcolm. Yep. Yeah, he is. Dude, he, but doesn't, dude, he starts the last guy he met. Yeah, but the first one, it didn't go so well. Jeremiah Wells is no joke. Jeremiah Wells is no joke. Yeah. Jeremiah Wells wins this fight. All right. Welcome to the UFC, Blood Diamond. <laughs> I am taking the under on that one as well. Uh, next up, we have Douglas Silva D. Andrade against Sergey Morozov. Andrade is 27 and 4, stands 5 foot 7 with a 68 and a half inch reach. Morozov, 17 and 4. He stands 5 foot 6 with a 67 inch reach. Uh, Morozov is a minus 220 favorite. Comeback is plus 180 on Andrade. Who you like him in this Bantamweight showdown? Um, Sergey's from Kazakhstan. Yep. I'll take the guy from Kazakhstan, please. Thank you. Man. We don't even have to, we don't even have to we don't even have to break that one down. Next up in the <laughs> middleweight division, <laughs> we just, we're just passing. We're just going. We we already know. Podcast rules. It's rules. It is just rules of the podcast. They are and, on our board in and our when, room. And whenever we go against our rules, we usually regret it. So we usually regret it. I don't bet against guys from Russia, Kazakhstan. If they wear a freaking wolf hat to the cage, it's over. It's over. I'm all in. Time out. Can we pause this real quick? Yeah. Who's the, who's the ter- Rachmanov or whatever? Yes. Him and Chimaev are on a crash course for the two scariest one seven years ever. Dude, did you watch that breakdown video I sent you? That guy no, did that, Mike that. Thomas. It is, it's phenomenal. But um, no, but seriously, doesn't it feel like those two are on a crash course to be the new face yes. of 170? Yes. And like, we're just dismissing Usman. We're just like, well, who cares about Usman? Uh, next up is uh, another one of Izzy's training part of partners, Jacob Malcoon versus AJ Dobson. This is Mamba. Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker. Oh, Robert Whitaker. Not yeah, Whitaker's training partner, Malcoon. Uh, he's five and one, stands five foot nine with a seventy-three inch reach. Dobson is six or six and zero, oh, stands six foot one with a seventy-seven inch reach. Huge height and reach advantage for Dobson in this one, and pretty much even. Pretty much even really? fight, Dobson. Dobson. Yep, Dobson coming off of a contender series win about four months ago. And uh, Malcoon, if you remember right, he fought Phil Hawes, got knocked out, but then he came back and he he starched. Uh, he didn't starch he everybody. Him. He won a decision. Al, Al Hassan, he he ended up beating. So, And Al Rahuk, Al Hassan, on that fight, I deemed I would, I would never pick him again. Because we picked, we both picked him. I think we both picked him. Yeah, because Malcoon looked so bad. But I am going to pick Dobson. I actually think this is a gift at minus 110, minus 115. I, I, I think Dobson is the better fighter. He's more well-rounded. Uh, I think he I think he wins. He's a huge and middleweight. I think he I ready. I think he wins and I think he makes it look easy. I, I do too. I, I gotta think at that level, 
you know, when guys only have six fights, you're fighting a guy with a three, four inch reach advantage and a three, four inch height advantage. That's got to be pretty hard to overcome, isn't it? I mean, you're the fighter here, but to me, it's like, it's does, one of does the, Malcoon well, have enough okay. experience to, to okay. be able to? It's one of the hardest things to, one of the hardest things to learn how to overcome is size and reach, right? Yeah. But Malcoon, like, I just feel like there's enough bodies in that gym and he's training with Robert Whitaker. True. True. Right. So what Whitaker is probably training with guys that is his size, length, reach, right? So Malcoon probably is too. So it's yeah. like I I don't know. But yeah, give me Dobson all day, every day. I don't think Malcoon's a UFC caliber fighter. Not that he's not a really good fighter and very skilled and, and hardworking. I, I, I believe he's in the UFC because he's Robert Whitaker's friend. Yeah. Not because he earned it. All right, next up in the Bantamweight division, this should be a good one. Ronnie Lawrence against Mana Martinez. The Heat is seven and one, stands five foot eight with a 70 and a half inch reach. Uh, Mana Boy is nine and two, stands five foot 10 with a 70 inch reach. So pretty close height and reach. Lawrence is actually a huge favorite, minus 300 for Lawrence. The comeback is plus 244 Martinez. I mean, I mean, how do you not like Dawson Lawrence in this fight? What Roman says, Roman says Dobson is legit. Harsh words. Dobson is yeah. legit. He is. Yeah, he's a killer. Um, no, I, I, I like, uh, I, I actually really like uh, um, Lawrence in this fight. I've, I've, I've watched, I remember watching Draco Rodriguez um, beat Martinez on Contender Series. Um, yep. That left a bad taste in my mouth, but I wasn't overly impressed with him. But I, I like, uh, I, I like Ronnie Lawrence. A lot. He had a lot of he had a lot of hyping going against that against Draco Rodriguez. Too. I, would, I I think Roman's talking about harsh words, saying that Malcoon probably doesn't belong in the UFC. Yeah, that's what it was. I was a little um, bit behind. Tell me I'm wrong. I, I, I'd be interested to see if Roman thinks that I'm wrong on that. I don't. Know. I guess we'll find out tomorrow night. Hey Roman, I watched one of your fight videos, man. We, that was pretty dope. I like watching. I like that. Oh, Anyways. Roman's old five videos are yeah, they're, good. they're freaking like dope. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I'm on Roddy Lawrence on this one as well. Have we disagreed yet? Nope, not yet. It's coming. It's coming. All right. Next up, we got another Australian, uh, Carl Carlos Olberg against Fabio Charant. Black Jag is three and one. He stands six foot four with a seventy seven inch reach. The Water Buffalo seven and three. Stands six foot one with a 76 inch reach. Um, Oberg is a minus 260 favorite. The comeback is plus 210 for Charant. Don't watch me fight. I suck then. No, you didn't, Roman. And I saw him hitting, I saw him hitting the bag at Phoenix PI a couple weeks ago, too. And yeah, Roman knows what he's doing. Roman can crack. So I want to pick Charant in this fight. I really do. I kind of do. T- I do too. Kind of. I. I. I kind of do too. I feel like Olberg came in with all this hype, right? He was only three and zero. Like he's getting this push, and he gets knocked out in his UFC debut because he basically gassed out. Yeah, he wasn't he winning that fight. If I'm not mistaken, he was. Yeah, he, he kind of pieced him up, but he but was piecing him up. Really, really good boxing. You know, from City Kickboxing, one of his yes. training partners, like really. Uh, now, Sharon, one, has a great TikTok. Two. I haven't been on it. Oh, yeah, I do follow him. Two, he, 
you know, he, he, he has heavy hands, but the, but the problem is here, here's the problem that I see with Sharon. He lost on the contender series, got a win on, got a couple wins on LFA, takes a short notice fight against Alonzo Menfield, gets Von Flew choked in a minute and then gets knocked out in the first round by William Knight. That was, yeah. he was doing okay, but I picked him as an underdog against William Knight and he was doing okay until he got caught. Yep. But every all three times he's gotten to the USC level, UFC level, he's 0-3. Contender series and, and in UFC, he's 0-3. I can't pull the trigger on him. I'm cheering for him. Yeah. I didn't say that. I just said he has a good TikTok account because it's funny. He's good. He's the guy that calls out anybody that tries to be a tough guy, tough guy on TikTok, he he calls him out. It's it's a riot. But anyways, uh I think Olberg wins this fight, but I am cheering for Sharon to get a win. I, and I, I, but I am not confident. I would not bet on this at all. I, I hate to agree with you so much on this card, but I, I, I actually think Olberg is going to fix that issue he had in his first fight, and he, he looked pretty darn good. I, I think he ends up getting a finish against Sharon. But I'm going to echo what you said. I, I I'm pulling for him because. We know we know somebody that's had him on their podcast, and he has a great TikTok. So I'm pulling for him. I just think Oldberg's going to be too much. I hope he's going to be sick. Next up in the bantamweight division, we got Kyler Phillips against Marcelo Rojo. Uh, Phillips is nine and two, stands five foot eight with a seventy two inch reach, and Rojo sixteen and seven, stands five foot eight with a seventy one inch reach. Pretty much dead even as far as excuse me height and reach. Uh, Phillips is a huge favorite. He might be the biggest favorite on the card. Minus 420. Comeback is plus 330. Phillips by murder in this fight. Yeah, I agree. He gets back on the win on the winning track. In a big way. Big way. Book it. All right. I, next I, up. I, I was one when I watched it live. It wasn't a robbery, but I actually thought he won his last fight. Yeah, I did too, actually. Uh Roxanne Modafari. Fighting Casey O'Neill, Roxanne Modafari fighting her retirement fight here. Uh, she stands five foot seven with a sixty-nine inch reach. King O'Neill is eight and zero. Oh. She stands five foot six with a sixty-nine inch reach. She's a heavy favorite, minus four hundred plus three hundred. So come back on Roxanne. Roxanne has made a career out of winning these underdog fights, but I don't think she does it against Casey O'Neill. Yeah, I think so too, yeah. Roman. I, I love the happy I, warrior. I hate picking against Roxanne Montefiore and I want to pick her so bad. She's like, I love what Izzy said about her. Like she's a gem of a human being. And if you don't like Roxanne Montefiore, there's something wrong oh, with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like she is so cool and so nice. Like I just, yeah, I, I I'd love to. She, I mean, they talked about she's been fighting longer. Like when she started fighting, Ronda Rousey wasn't even in the Olympics That's for crazy. judo yet. That's crazy. Like, that is. Crazy. She's been around forever. This is her forty fifth fight. Yeah, I was about to say, is you ready for this? Yeah. She's a Hall of Famer. For what she's done in the sport and the length and the pioneer of women's MMA, like I think she deserves it. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can see that. I like it. 
I've always been a fan of hers. I'm a big fan of All hers. Right. Her attitude's awesome. She loses this fight. She does. Not even close. Uh, we are still on the prelims. Next up in the heavyweight division, we got Andre Arlovsky against Jared Vandera. Arlovsky is 32 and 20. Vanderer, the mountain is 12 and 6. Arlovsky stands six foot three with a 77 inch reach. The mountain six foot four with an 80 inch reach. Oh yeah. The old dog gonna is the old dog gonna teach teach the new dog some tricks. I don't think so. Orlovsky's fought everybody. I know. I'm taking the like, dog. I'm taking dude, the dog. I'm looking at this. I mean, listen to who <laughs> he's fought. Who, who hasn't he fought? That's what we should Tim put Sylvia. Tim Sylvia three times. Did they Verdun, really fight that much? Verdum, Ben Rothwell, Roy Nelson, Fedor, Antonio Bigfoot Silva. Time out. What? What were you doing in 1999? Because Andre Olowski was fighting in 1999. What were you doing I, in 1999? I was 10 years old. I was getting out of the Marine Corps. I was in the Marine Corps. 10, until 11 the end years of old. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, but sorry. Anthony Rumble Johnson, Brennan Schaub, Bigfoot again, Travis Brown, Frank Muir, Stipe, Overeem, Josh Barnett, Francis, Ty Tuavasa. Wow. Rosenstruck, Tom Aspinall, Tanner Bowser. He's fought. Everybody. Yeah, he really has. Are you going to go with the old dog? Are we going to disagree? No, I'm, I'm going on Olowski. All right, we're disagreeing. I'm, I'm taking the. I'm going to take Vanderer. Then I think the young guy gets it done. I kind of, I'm kind of pulling for Vanderer, but. Another yeah. Hall of Famer, Andre Olowski. Dude's 43 oh. years old. He's still banging in the UFC. That's crazy. Hands down. That's Randy Couturish. Randy Couturish. Um, all right, so we're disagreeing on that one. We'll take it. Dude, we just finally – how many fights are on this card? 14. 14 fights. Man, it's going to be a long day tomorrow. Well, I take that back. We're not watching it because we're going to be a still fist. Yeah. Uh, main card, Nasrat. Hakparasat, I probably screwed that up against Bobby Green. Nasrat sure is 13 and 4. He stands 5 foot 10 with a 72 inch reach. Bobby King Green is 28, 12 and 1. He stands 5 foot 10 with a 71 inch reach. Who do you like in this one? I think Mr. that Bobby Green beats him and makes it look easy. You think he makes it look easy? I do. <sighs> Man. Bobby Green's last two losses, well, two losses before were Thiago Moises and Rafael Faziv, which is no shame. I think Bobby Green picks him apart. I'm going to agree with you on that one, too. Dang it, I hate that. Zach will be watching it at Steel Fist, and he probably will. You're probably right. Nah, not at Hunter's party. You probably won't. Nah. No. Steel Fist for sure. We for sure might have it up at Steel Fist. What are you guys doing for Hunter's birthday? Where are you guys going? Party at the house, dog. Party at the house. All right. I'm going to agree with you, Bobby Green, on that one. Next up, we got 
Alexander Hernandez in the lightweight division. Alexander the Great Hernandez, Renato Moicano. Hernandez 13 and 4. He stands 5 foot 9 with a 72 inch reach. Moicano 15, 4 and 1. He stands 5 foot 11 with a 72 inch reach. Uh, Moicano's minus 165 favorite. Comeback is plus 140 for Hernandez. It's a pretty, pretty good fight. I like this fight. You having a hard time with this one? Yeah, because here's the thing. Hernandez is like, you know, he he was on this trajectory. Mm -hmm. And then he fought Cerrone. And remember, he was talking all that smack to Donald Oh, he's talking so much smack, yeah. And Cerrone pieced him up. Yes. And then he gets a nice win against Fredinsko, Trinaldo. And then he's thinking he's back on the rise. And then Drew Dober pieces him up. And then he beats Chris Gertzmacher, and it's like, yeah, that guy's a borderline UFC guy anyways. It's like, yeah, okay. They give him a level up in a competition against Thiago Moises again. Gets ragdolled. Yeah. And then Mike Brennan knocks him out. I remember predicting that fight correctly, too. I think you did, too. Super stoked. But Moicano's a different animal. And I think he's on a train of win one, lose one right now. And I'm going to have to go with Moicano on this one, unfortunately. Damn it. We're going to agree again. Maybe we'll disagree on the next one in the middleweight division. Jared, the killer gorilla cannoneer against Derek Bronson. Cannoneer is 14 and five, stands five foot 11 with a 77 and a half inch reach. Brunson, 23 and seven. He stands six foot one with a 77 and a half inch reach. Who you got? Cannoneer's actually a minus 160 favorite. The comeback plus 140 for Brunson. Give me Brunson at plus 140 all day long. You know what worries me about Brunson? Is he he, he hasn't shown the ability to take a punch. And if there's one thing we know about Cannoneer, he can crack. I, I know he but, can crack. You th- time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. What? He fought Edmund Shabazian. Kevin mm-hmm. Holland and Darren Till in his last three fights. Yep. All good strikers. Yeah. And he dominated all three of them. I don't think any one of those. Punch? You, are you saying Till, Holland, or Shabazian has anywhere near the punching powers, Cannoneer? Maybe not the punching power, but I would say that Till is a better striker than I agree. Cannoneer for sure. I didn't say I was picking Cannoneer. I know. I'm, I'm just with, saying. I'm like, with you. I think he just takes him down. Yeah, where's I, where's well, him I'm, out? I'm all I'm I'm all over Derek Brunson on this fight. Is an Dude, underdog? Are out, you kidding me? Shout out to the older guys. Both these guys in their late 30s banging it out in the UFC. Still. Shout out. All right, I'm I'm with you on that one. I'll take Brunson as an underdog in that one as well. All right. My fight of the night, in my opinion, the fight that I'm looking forward to the most, the Black Beast against Bam Bam. The Black Beast is 26 and 8, stands 6 foot 3 with a 79 inch reach. Excuse me, Bam Bam, 14 and 3, stands 6 foot 2 with a 75 inch reach. Lewis is a minus 190 favorite. Comeback is plus 160 for Bam Bam. Let's hear it, Zach. What are your predictions on this one? I mean, somebody's getting knocked out. You ready for the prediction? Decision. It's going Sit to back decision. and relax. Sit back and relax because it's going to be fun. What's the decision prompt? Let's look that up. 
It's going to be something stupid. Dude, it might actually, the value actually might be. That's what I'm saying. It always happens that way. It all literally, every time you think it's going to be a look at a, a, a gain and, and, and Ganu. I don't think anybody thought that was going to go to decision. Fight goes to decision plus 350. And that's not worth it. How about what like plus like 700? Oh, I would have been all over that. Lewis by KO is minus 135. Tuavasa by KO plus 225. Give me Lewis by KO. Okay, you ready? Yep. You ready? And he's the longer the fight goes, the longer the fight goes, I believe the better that it is for Ty Tuavasa. I think Ty has better conditioning than Derek Lewis. Are they Derek really Lewis. Time out. Time out. Okay. Derek Lewis has come out and said how he does not – he doesn't want any part of five-round fights. He's sick of training and conditioning for him. And if you – but if you, but if you watch, like, his output is just minimal. He uses minimal effort, oh, and he waits very, for you to come into range, and then he strikes, right? Yep. It's his whole game plan. If you're tied to Avasa, like, why – like – I I could see Ty just kind of staying on the outside and throwing those little leg kicks and stuff and just and out point dude I it, it's it, it's it's weird because Derek Lewis it's a little bit like Izzy right if you don't come at Izzy he is fine just staying on the outside and just little leg kicks and just hanging out and just whatever yeah because nobody wants to rush in on Izzy because then you're gonna get smoked yeah Derek Lewis is very similar. Derek will he'll, he'll he'll put his back on the cage and he'll wait for you to engage. Yeah. And that's when he strikes. So my question is when Derek Lewis sits back, is Ty gonna recklessly come in and try and land bombs? Wouldn't I wouldn't like, recommend it. Huh? I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I I could actually see what's the over under on this fight? Is it is it one and a half rounds? Yeah, one and a half. I'm taking the over. Over one and it's actually it's pretty almost close to even money. Plus a lot of places have it at plus one thirty eight, plus one forty five. Yeah, give me the over because because I really five think, dimes has it at plus one fifty five. Because that because what I really think is going to happen and could happen here is a lot of filling out in their respect. Not like Francis and Derek Lewis, where they just refuse yeah. to engage at all. I don't but think that's going to happen. I think that there's, I like Ty's not dumb. He'll bring the fight, but he's not going to yeah. be reckless. This is a huge opportunity. If he beats Derek Lewis, he moves into the top five of the heavyweight division. He's oh, yeah. not going to be reckless and stupid and just run in and start throwing bombs with Derek Lewis. Yeah, he's going to be careful and he's going to be calculated. So you think Bam Bam does the shoey? How does he win? Oh, Bam 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 can knock him out. Bam Bam can knock out Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis has been knocked out before, I like TKO knocked out. Yeah, just, uh, who who all again? Obviously, was the most recent one. Yeah, who but, else knocked him out? But I'm just saying, Bam Bam, like. Dude, here's the thing. If anybody, if anybody can beat Derek Lewis in, the, in, in, in this type of a fight, it's tied to Abasa. Right? Yeah. I'm not I, saying Ty wins. 
I'm saying if anybody can, it's Ty. And it's two big heavyweights that are terrifying, weirdly respectful. Like they both love each other, right? I like it. I love it. It's fun. But I think I, I yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I think Derek Lewis is accepted his role as the forever gatekeeper. And I think he's a little bit more relaxed now. I, 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 I'm going to pick Ty to Avasa. I, I don't hate it. I, like and we I talked about before we were and, live. And if, you can and if anybody thinks they know what's going to happen in this fight, they're crazy. Cause all it yeah. takes is one punch from either of them. And either one of these guys. Hey, just sit back and enjoy it because yeah. the hey, post fight interview with the, the post fight interview with whoever wins is going to be fire. Epic. 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 Um, all right. Main event time. I, I don't know about you, but I'm just not that excited to see how, okay. You're the, you're, you're a fighter, right? I if am. you just get, if you get your butt whooped, right. And KO'd. What's your mindset going into that rematch? Like what do you, I just there's don't, a couple I, yeah, there's a couple of things. I'm like, I mean, psychologically, where's your mind at going in there? No, I could see if it was a close decision. Maybe it was a flash knockout where you just got caught. We've we've talked about this. When you lose a fight as a fighter, you have to figure out in your head why and justify why you lost Mm -hmm. that fight. Yeah. So that you can have the courage to go back in there and do it again with confidence. Right. Because if you go in there with no confidence, you're obviously going to lose. Whitaker looks confident and relaxed to me. He does. He really does. So. Here, here's the thing. I feel like I feel like I have lost one fight in my career. Okay. That was to Justin McDonald. Okay. I lost. I for sure lost three rounds. Probably lost four rounds. Hunter says you lost all five. Hunter doesn't know he's talking. <laughs> that was the funniest thing when you said that, <laughs> Dad. You lost all five rounds. <laughs> oh, I I did not lose thanks, son. Round. Thanks, Sorry, son. I didn't lose that first round. But whatever, it's here nor there. Um, and but here's the thing. So, but regardless, Justin decisively beat me in that fight. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So instantly, though, I go, I would like to fight him again. Yeah. What would go different? Well, I can go back to you. You start going to moments where good stuff happened in your fight, right? Yeah. Yep. Whitaker had moments. Whitaker. Whitaker ha- made a lot of mistakes that he goes. If I clean those up. It's already a way more competitive fight, right? Okay. Yeah. When so when you can look and say, okay, I can change that. I can do I can do A, B, and C. Like for me with with Justin too, like I got closer to finishing him than he ever did to me. Yeah, that, that triangle in the deep. fifth round. The triangle in the fifth round was the closest that either of us got. So I was, was the deep. closest. And so in my mind, I can go, I, I can gain confidence from that, right? Yeah. He had a distinct wrestling. And strength advantage on me. Yeah. I can go and go work on my wrestling and my takedown defense and my own takedown offense and my strength and conditioning to say, I feel better and stronger. And, you know, you you start, you fill those holes for a specific opponent. Yeah. yeah. Whitaker, actually, I feel like has done a very, very good job of, he waited. He probably could have had this rematch sooner. But he knew he needed to grow on some in some areas t- for it to be possible for him to win. 
Yeah. I just don't know if he did enough to close that gap. One and two, I don't. And, and he's even admitted he's gotten better. And I don't know if people have realized it too. Is he okay? These, the three Nigerians, right? So we have the three African champions, Usman, yep. Nganu, and Izzy. They're all getting better as champions. That's impressive. Like Nganu did something that nobody outside of Extreme Couture who saw it did something that nobody else on the planet knew he could do. Yes. Wrestle. Usman is now a knockout artist. He went from being a, a dominant wrestler to a knockout artist. And probably one probably one of the strongest mindsets inside that cage. But 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 he had but he had that before. He always had that. But yeah, you're right. But he's adding tools, right? He's adding tools. Yep. So here's the question. We've seen this where everybody's like, Izzy, Izzy, Izzy. Well, everybody's like, Yeah, Jan gave us the blueprint. Yeah. Jan had 30 pounds on it. Robert Whitaker and, doesn't have 30 pounds on it. And and that was I thought that was impressive by Izzy to say, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna step up and I want to fight the light heavyweight champ. That's that's a ballsy move. I like it. I mean, I, I love like it. I mean, it's easy to stay it. safe, right? It's easy to stay safe. And he could have. He easily could have too. Yep. So Whitaker, to, for for me though, Whitaker. So the question is, did Whitaker close that gap? And is his wrestling so much more dominant that Izzy hasn't been able to close that gap? So so there's two gaps, right? Whitaker's grappling. He's He's better than Izzy. And then Izzy striking is better than Whitaker's. Has Whitaker closed the gap on Izzy striking? And has he lengthened the gap enough on his grappling? You, you follow what I'm saying? I follow. I'm picking it up. That's I, that's the question. And you seem to say no. I don't, I don't think so either. But I'm cheering for Robert Whitaker. I think everybody's cheering for Whitaker. Everybody, I everybody that I've seen posting, everybody is like, Izzy. They think Izzy's going to win, but they're everybody's cheering for for. Bobby Weirdly, Knuckles. Izzy's just not very well liked. It's great. Yeah, it, it's crazy because the guy's one of the most talented guys in the UFC right now. Charismatic, finisher. But it's just something boring. about his personality. It's just like, uh, dude. I respect him. I respect him, but how about his little um, NFT chain thing of him knocking out Whitaker? He's just promoting. He's just promoting himself. He's just promoting the NFTs. He's just promoting the UFC. He's doing his job. There's a reason why everybody's talking about his new deal. How he's the high, one of the highest paid UFC or MMA fighters of all time now. Yeah. yeah. So I had this conversation with a fighter this morning as well. So I, I, I am picking Izzy to win. I am cheering for Whitaker and I'm hoping Whitaker has figured something out. Yeah. yeah. That being said, I, 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 I don't see his path to victory, really. I don't think he wins a decision against Izzy unless he can just hold him. I do not think he knocks him out. And wouldn't it be wild if he submitted him? All those things are pretty hard for me to – I mean, Robert Wicker is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. That's, is he? I didn't know that. He is. I mean, that's probably that's, that's probably his path to victory is submission. It's, well, I don't think plus, he knocks him out. Plus 1,800 if you think he's going to do it. Well, I, I'm not. I'm just saying I, that's that that's his highest percentage. I think his best chance yeah. is, is is to submit him, get him in a scramble and catch a neck or something, right? Yeah. Um. But I, I you know, th- 
MMA and the UFC and all these organizations, that is not your payday. Your payday is what you put into your brand. They're just giving you the platform to let yep. people know who you are. Conor McGregor makes a ton of money because he maximized his opportunity on that platform for his brand. Izzy's yep. doing the same thing. You ready for this? This is, I know this is going to, this might make a lot of people mad. Francis Ngannou making 600,000. Maybe that's all he's worth in the UFC. I, it's unfortunate, but he, he, he doesn't do a lot of media. He doesn't do a lot of self-promoting. He doesn't do like, you're not getting, you're getting paid. A good amount of money, a lot of money. I, I understand it's not like NFL money or NBA money or MLB money, but as a professional, I think 600,000, like you are making a lot of money. And I know people want to compare it to boxing. Stop. Boxing is dead. Nobody cares about boxing in this country. Uh, Earl Spence and Yurgos, uh, Yurgos, did I say his name right? That'll be a good one. Case in point, you didn't even know how to say his name. Yeah, yeah I don't know how to say it's, it's a weird name. But you know what I mean? Like, Nobody Anyways, really cares about boxing in this country. They they don't. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Why is that? Well, because whatever. Like, don't compare paydays to a sport that's dying, that's trying to do anything it can to claim relevance yeah. to a sport that's the fastest growing sport in the world right now. But these fighters have to understand, it's not the UFC's job to make them rich. The UFC is giving them the opportunity to make themselves rich. They just... They just have to market themselves and, and go take it. And we've talked about it on the, on the podcast before. Is he, to my point, you, Izzy's doing that. You you know what you make before you go into the fight, right? When you sign your yeah. name, yeah, you know what you're making. So why are you complaining about it? If you don't like it, it go to one that, of the other organizations. It, what they want when they're complaining about Francis making 600K as the champion. Well, you know, uh, Tyson Fury makes 32 million and stuff. But guess what? Unless you're a boxing fan... You can't even tell me what titles Tyson Fury holds. Tyson Fury also or Tyson Fury's also marketable. He's all over social media. He's promoted himself. Again, that's right. Like Canelo, right? Like he's a huge star in Mexico. Francis could be one of the highest paid athletes right now if he he did those things. If he promoted himself a little bit more. And by the way. I'm not talking about talking smack either. Yeah. You don't have to talk smack to be marketable. Correct. You just have to get out there and do stuff. By the way, doing the new Jackass movie, great move. Great, great move. move. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal you know? move. You got to do you got to do stuff like that. Dude, yeah. Remember Conor McGregor? Like he was going to be a bad guy in Call of Duty. He was doing he was everywhere. Yeah. He was everywhere. He said maybe maybe so much so he was saying yes to everything. But that's how he got rich. Fighting didn't make him rich. It gave him the platform. And then, by the way, when Nailed you become it. that big of a star, then the UFC has to come back and pay you for your time. And they have to pay you entertainment value money, not MMA money. And and look at where he's at right now. The position he's put himself in, he hasn't been that great of a fighter his last few fights. And he's still, if he he's gets jumps on make, another card, he's still going to make a buttload, buttload of money. Still going to make 60 to 80 million. Even if he gets knocked out in his next fight. Yep. What did we say? What did we say? Two more fights, right? He just had one. 
He's got one more, right? Yep. Is that what we said last time? So yep. he's got one more fight that he can maximize, in our opinion. Yeah. That Nate Diaz fight is dangling. That ain't going oh, away. Dude, the UFC wants that so bad. Huge. But anyways, to my point, Izzy, the reason why he's so paid, though, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He, yep. He's trolling people on social media. He does interviews. He does like him, hate him, whatever. You tune in to watch him. Exactly. It's kind of like Floyd Mayweather. Like, let's be honest. Like, dude, everybody wanted game to win except Francis and his teammates. I picked Francis. Yeah. Right? Because I felt like the narrative was so weird because everybody was already making plans for gain. And we, we, we've seen that story play out time and, and time again. I, I didn't change my pick, but I definitely changed my confidence level the, the, the day of the weigh-ins on that fight. Yeah. So Didn't change anyway. the pick, but yeah. Yeah. It should be a good card tomorrow. I, I, I'd love to see Bobby Knuckles pull it off. I'd love to see Whitaker pull this off and, and get well, this win because I think it'd be and, huge. Yeah, you re- you ready? If Bobby Knuckles pulls it off, the trilogy fight is going to be massive. If he and pulls hopefully it, yeah. all the COVID nonsense and stuff can be lifted. They could do it in Australia or New Zealand. How sick would that be? It's getting lifted everywhere. Hey, what do you think of RDA? RDA and Fazeev's fight just got moved to the co-main event for UFC 272. Ooh, I love that fight. They were highlighting I, a fight night, and they just moved it. Dude, that's that's a good move, I think. I love that fight. I don't know about you, but I am – that's that's a phenomenal fight. Yeah, it's, it's going to be bonkers. Who do you got? Quick prediction. Fazeev. You think Fazeev? Yeah. Is it – Oh, it's still on Tapology as they were the main event on there on that yeah. fight night. All right, Doug. All right. So uh, tomorrow night, come check us out. Steel Fist Fight Night. We'll be there watching Zach and me. Yeah. See you guys there. We out. We out. Thank you.